Hi, everyone, and welcome to Focus Forward, an executive function podcast where we explore the challenges and celebrate the wins you'll experience as you change your life by working on improving your executive function skills. I'm your host, Hannah Choi. Okay, confession time. Are you listening to me but also looking at something on your phone? It's okay if you are. We can't help it. Instagram, TikTok, games, even news websites are created in ways that make you want it, need it, even when you're doing something else. Our screen use behaviors are top of mind for many people these days. Before the pandemic, it was a problem. Now, for some, it's a crisis. I reached out to Dr. Clifford Sussman, a child and adolescent psychiatrist in the Washington, D.C. area, who supports kids and their families who are at the extreme end of struggling with finding balance in their screen use. And notice I said balance. What I learned from Dr. Sussman is that balance is the key. Screens are a part of life. They're not going anywhere. We all know that they have many, many benefits, and when used in a healthy way, we can learn some pretty great skills that apply to other areas of our lives. As a parent of a tween who loves his video games and a teen who loves her phone, and as someone who works remotely from home on a computer for much of the day, married to a partner who also works remotely from home and is literally on a computer all day, I find it very challenging to find a healthy balance and not feel like a hypocrite and just feel okay about my own screen use decisions. I learned from Dr. Sussman that there are practical things that we can do to find that balance for ourselves and connect with our kids to help them find it. And notice that I didn't say they are easy things we can do. It's definitely not easy, but there is some hope in there that with some focused and thoughtful effort, we can hopefully find that balance and feel better about our own screen use. And if we have kids, theirs too. Okay, on to the show. Hi, Cliff. Thanks so much for joining me on my podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, would you like to introduce yourselves to our listeners? Sure. Sure. My name is Dr. Clifford Sussman. I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist, and I actually specialize in treating internet and video game use disorders. So all of my patients pretty much have some form of uh, problems with excessive screen use. Yeah, and that is a hot topic, especially after coming out of the after having gone through the pandemic and even before. So, right. how did you how did you get into that? Why is that? How did it become such an important issue for you? Well, I guess it started, um, er, you know, early in childhood, discovering I love computers myself, and I love screens ah. myself, and I, I was ah. I was always on video games when I was younger or trying to design them myself. Uh, and then eventually learned to code and, and, you know, got really into all that stuff. And then when I became a, a psychiatrist and went into private practice, uh, specializing in mostly teenagers, parents were coming in from the day I started um, about 15 years ago and telling me that their kids were addicted to video games. So this was long before the pandemic. And I would evaluate these kids because oftentimes the parents had been that that had been dismissed by by the providers they'd seen before me and so but i would evaluate these kids and i'd find out that you know look they they uh they have a lot of the same problems that the people i'm seeing that i saw in my addiction rotations during residency had 
you know, the seeking, the, the, the constantly lying, the stealing, the aggression, um, the defensiveness, uh, the, you know, all sorts of problems with, with, uh, with, with the family and in the family. So I decided to really do some research, uh, you know, just do a lot of, um, read a lot of studies about how the brain was affected by excessive screen use and comparing those studies to how the brain was excess was um, affected by use of other substances and, you know, started finding a lot of similarities. And eventually I decided that this problem was becoming so big and, and these people really needed help uh, that I, de I decided that I really could just, uh, just work on that. And, yeah, and wow. so um, that there was a lot more demand than supply of providers for this problem. And so, yeah. you know, and I would collaborate with a few other colleagues who were recognizing this too you know, and we compare notes on how, how, you know, what was working and what wasn't. And uh, I would base a lot of my treatments on uh, treatments that had been effective for uh, drug addiction, such as motivational interviewing, motivational interviewing, which is a type of psychotherapy that's like a mix of cognitive behavioral therapy and psychodynamic psychotherapy. Uh, and, you know, and it, and uh, it just sort of took off from there. And then, uh, after the pandemic, the problem got to be so huge, yeah. even during the pandemic. Um, but especially when people started returning to schools and having more demands mm -hmm. placed on them, uh, that, you know, I, I decided that there was no way that I could handle all the cases, you know, and, and my, yeah. and the few of my colleagues who were, who were recognizing this. And so, uh, I decided to start putting a lot of focus and doing things like this where I could educate the community. And I even have a lot of stuff now where I'm training other providers, a lot of mm. doing courses for other providers online and things like that. That's great. Um, I would love to talk with you more about that later on. Sure. Um, I do have a question for you about the brain. You mentioned the brain. What, <clears throat> what happens in the brain um, and I know that there's dopamine um, involved, yeah. but maybe for our listeners, you can explain what happens in the brain when, um, you know, when someone really feels like they need to be on a screen. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that is, uh, it is related to dopamine. Um, and uh, uh, so, so dopamine is the neurotransmitter that we release, um, it's thought of as the pleasure neurotransmitter. So people think we just release it when we get pleasure, but it's a little more nuanced than that. We release dopamine when we get exactly what we want, when we want it. Ah. So I think people, people think of, um, if you got pleasure, but it was very delayed, you know, you wouldn't release as much dopamine as if you got mm. the same pleasure right away. Uh, so that's why things like, um, cigarettes which uh don't get you nearly as high as other drugs but get you that buzz right away because mm. you smoke it and the smoke goes right into your bloodstream they release a lot of dopamine and are are you know easily as addictive as much more intoxicating drugs that have more delay so you know it was a, a real survival drug um a real survival neurotransmitter because uh you know, when you're, 
let's say a caveman, you you need something right away. Uh, it helps you survive if you get it right away. Right, right. You know, so um, you know you want to satisfy those needs immediately um, before you get eaten by a saber toothed tiger or something. So, <laughs> right, we don't want that to happen. <laughs> so, so yeah. So what happens in the brain when when um, when we're on anything that gives us instant gratification? Um, and in particular screens, because that gives us not just instant gratification, but continuous instant gratification, um, is that the brain releases lots of dopamine and there, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. What's the problem is when you keep doing it and when the Mm -hmm. brain keeps releasing dopamine for hours and hours on end, right? Like cavemen never got what they wanted for that long (laughs) at a time. (laughs) I mean, so the brain wasn't designed to handle that much getting what you want for that long a time. And so what happens is you become desensitized to dopamine. The receptors in the brain for dopamine, they they go through a process called downregulation. And that and a bunch of other more complicated processes basically result in uh, you needing to work even harder to get instant gratification. And, mm. and, uh, and, and getting the same amount of dopamine that you did before won't feel as good. So you need even more. Uh, And so that's why, that's one of the reasons why it's just so hard to get off a screen um, when you've been on it for a really long time. You know, when when you get off and and stop getting that dopamine, now you you actually feel worse than before you started. Right. So you wanna get back on to avoid that nasty feeling. Yeah. yeah, and that's really basically the process in all addictions. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So it's like it's like too much of a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't and I like I said I enjoy gaming, you know, so I don't I don't think that um that using a video game for a half an hour or an hour is such a terrible thing. I think it can yeah. be a great experience. Um, yeah. And, and there's lots of even educational opportunities or, you know, opportunities to solve puzzles or make friends or do all sorts of great things. Right. Yeah. But it's the hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. on end. And and when people during the pandemic were living in the virtual world instead of the real world, it really got to be a big problem. Yeah. Right. So I had a personal experience with this. Um, a couple of weeks ago, my son and I both had COVID at the same time. Wow. So he and I were, um, like, were, yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was not fun. Yeah. And, um, and so we were both isolated. We were both in the yeah. same room and I had work I had to do and he did not feel great. So I let him use this, like play Minecraft sure. and do screens like kind of all day. And yep. I, and I felt so that guilty because like, I know <laughs> most parents I've worked with had found that out, had done that, had crossed that a long time ago, you know? But, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, I have done it, but it hadn't been in a yeah. while and it hadn't been for mm-hmm. so many days. Yeah. And I did notice afterwards that he had a hard time, like thinking of something else to do. Right. And, right. um, And I didn't feel great. So I had a hard time motivating myself to encourage him to do something different. Sure. So I can see how everything else starts to pale in comparison. Yeah. You know, it can turn on, you know, I like to divide activities into what I call high dopamine activities. I use HDA for short and low dopamine activities or LDA. And I call, you know, the, 
there's a lot of low dopamine activities that are enjoyable, meaning activities that just require more patience, that yeah. have more delay in their gratification, but they're still gratifying, right? So, you know, so we're not just talking about homework and exercise. We're also talking about things like putting together a jigsaw puzzle, mm. or, you know, painting a picture, or mm-hmm. learning to play an instrument. These things, um, you know, those are the types of things that your son might really enjoy doing until they've, you know, gotten a taste of a high dopamine activity for a very long time, you know, and then all of a sudden those other things just, you know, well, the thing you heard all the time during the pandemic was I'm bored. There's nothing to do. Yeah. There's nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you say play an instrument. So my son plays piano and Mm -hmm. I I'm thinking about it. Like I did notice when we came out of isolation and we were back in the real world, it was harder for him to like sit down and, and play the piano. But I am noticing over the past few days, he's, um, he's kind of getting back into it now. So that's That's great. (laughs) Not permanent. And you don't want to forget that. I I played the piano when I was a kid for a couple of years and I think I, I said to my mom, you know, look for my seventh birthday. Can I just quit piano? Because the practicing oh. is really boring and I don't want to have to learn all those skills. And yeah. she's like, okay, you know, and uh, and then a, a couple of years later, or I guess when I became a, a, a teenager, I was like, I really wish I knew how to play an instrument. Mom, why yeah. did you let me quit? You know? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I, I, I took up guitar instead. Okay, so, that's good. <laughs> But yeah, it's important when kids get bored with their instruments not to like forget everything they know and just completely yeah. move away from it to try and just yeah. pick it up every now and then keep it a little fresh. Right, right. So that makes me think of like how can this might be jumping ahead a little bit, but how can people balance how can people find a nice balance between those um LDAs and HDA active um yeah activities. Well, you're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, to me, that's the real key is finding a balance, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because you're definitely, let's face it, in this world, you're not going to have abstinence from the digital world, you know, and it's um, impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, you wouldn't function very well if you did, to be honest. Uh, So it really is about finding balance. Um, And, and so, I have a lot of suggestions for how to do that on my website that you were referring to earlier at cliffordsussmanmd.com. Um, but I can try to highlight some of the main ones. Uh, so uh, I think the, the some of the biggest keys are having a lot of structure in your schedule, mm. um, you know, having and keeping a schedule, you know, keeping a routine. Uh, that was so important during the pandemic when, uh, you know, prior to the pandemic, a, a, um, a big ratio of my patients were uh, first year college dropouts because they went from the highly structured setting of high school to the unstructured yeah. setting of college. Mm-hmm. And so that allows for hours and hours of binging. Well, during the pandemic, it, it basically like every high school kid became a college kid because they were at home with like very little structure. And so you know, so structure is really key to, to balance. Um, having something to do at a certain time until a certain time, uh, you know, getting your kids involved in, in, in daily repeating activities um, like sports or music or cor- joining a chorus or something like that, um, robotics club, uh, 
so so that's important. Uh, I would also say that um, setting uh, some some time limits, uh, consistent time limits to how long you can be on a screen, but also um, how long you need to be off a screen or at mm -hmm. least doing a low dopamine activity if it is mm -hmm. on a screen until mm -hmm. you can get on again um, is really important for balance. Uh, but the, the number one thing is, is, as I've already alluded to, is not binging, you know? So, yeah. so if you're, if you're keeping that each screen block to a consistent length of time, that's, let's say an hour or less, depending on the age of the child, um, and waiting at least that amount of time before you get on again, you uh, know, okay. especially during unstructured time, mm -hmm. uh, then, then I think you're, you're going to be way ahead of the game for most families. Mm-hmm. And that, that's how I'd answer that. Yeah, those are really great suggestions. And and, and um, <clears throat> I like that there is so much balance built into all those suggestions. So it, re yeah. it really does show mm -hmm. that that is the key. Um, so something that we had talked about earlier, and I had never I had never thought about this before, but you you talked about how people use the word addiction, like screen addiction, <clears throat> casually, like, oh, I'm so addicted to my screen. Yeah. Um, but that's not technically true, right? Can you explain to the listeners what the difference is between yeah. addiction and what you said was functional dependence? Yeah, well, so so what addiction really means is that you're, you can't get off of something despite the problems it's causing for you. So it's, um, it's the inability to control an activity uh, combined with it having causing dysfunction in your life. And, and the, the level of addiction is, is measured by not how many hours you're on a screen or how much of a drug you're taking, but how much it's um, mm. negatively affecting your life. So, and, and I, I do think people think of addiction as, as kind of an all or nothing thing, but it really is, to me, it's more of a continuum. Like you can be really addicted to something if you're, you've like dropped out of school and you've stolen thousands of dollars and, you know, your life is completely in shambles, or you could be a little addicted to something if, you know, it dropped your grades from an A mm -hmm. to a B minus, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, but, uh, I mean, I think kids generally, when they say this game is so addictive, what they mean is that they can't stop playing. And so they're not completely wrong, you know, because it is designed that way. You know, it's right. designed to make yeah. it so they can't stop playing. Yeah. Um, as far as like uh, um, being dependent on something, that just means, you know, what it sounds like, like you need it, like you can't function without it. Um, and so, uh, you know, you can be the, the, you can be dependent on something without being addicted to it if you still can manage your life and, and live a good life that's successful where you're getting what you need out of it. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, it, it, I mean, think of a, um, a diabetic dependent on insulin, right? Mm, I mean, right. they can't live without it, but that doesn't mean that it's dysfunctional to take it, right? you know? And so a lot of us really need our screens, <laughs> Right? Yeah. Mean, society makes jobs. it so that like, you need them like, like right yeah. now we're on screens you know right um, yeah th that that doesn't make us addicted right we're using it in a functional way now yeah um so yeah that's that's uh, does that answer your question yeah yeah it does and and what you just said reminds me of going back to when my son and i were um isolating together in um 
during the, the time of COVID, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I was on my, I felt guilty because I was on my screen. So I felt a little bit like I was being, um, you know, hypocritical because I was saying like, you need right. to get off. And here I am, you know, typing away yeah, on my yeah. screen, but I didn't want to be on there. Yeah. <laughs> I had to be on there. Well, doing you, my were, work. you were doing low dopamine screen activity. Uh, it so was very low you dopamine. Were, you, yeah. were being a good, you were setting a good example. But what I do yeah. see a lot of parents doing is, you know, they're, they're on a, a cell phone, let's say going down all these rabbit holes of social media, you know, saying to their kid to get off a video game, uh, like that doesn't play very yeah, well, you know? Right, um, and there, right. there's definitely a lot of parents I work with who are, who are sort of like, struggling themselves to get mm -hmm. off their screens and yeah. uh you know so and and let's face it like with all drug use and all subs with all behavioral addictions like it runs in families right yeah, it's there's right, a genetic right. component mm -hmm. so um yeah and and by the way you you mentioned this this uh episode of, of you and your son being sick and you know one of the problems with that is is that you're trapped in the house you know, you can't like go outside to do low dopamine activities where there's probably a lot more dopamine activities, you know. So but that also uh, uh, is is a reason I, I emphasize because uh, people had to stay in during COVID, you know, during for quarantine purposes as yeah. well. So yeah. I, I I emphasized a lot of um, environmental uh, uh, like being aware of environmental cues as as a big part mm. of uh, achieving balance. So, mm. uh, if you're if an alcoholic is um, avoids going in the bar, it's much harder. It's much easier to avoid having a drink. Right. It's yeah. much harder when you're in the bar because you have all the cues of the bar. You, you have mm. the sights, mm -hmm. sounds, and smells. You know the the you see a row of bottles. You know you see yeah. the bartender. Right. It's like it's right. very hard to drink water in a bar. <laughs> yeah. you know and so right. uh so what i try to help parents do and this is kind of a extended answer to your question about how to you know how do you get balance is i try to help them have like low dopamine and high dopamine zones in the house mm. so you start to associate cues of like what activity you should be doing so yeah. in other words when we were um you know before covid um and since since the quarantines ended um, when kids uh, um, do their learning, they're in a classroom, right? And so they're sitting yeah. at a desk, they've got a teacher, right. they've got a whiteboard, they've got yeah. hopefully other kids around, like maybe some of them at least paying attention to the teacher. And, <laughs> you know, so they've got the cues around them that, hey, it's time to learn, right. you know. Uh, but when they were when they were taking class during COVID, they were on the same screen they were playing Minecraft on all day, mm. you know, ah, right. and usually they had another screen open with Discord on it. So it's yeah, like, they're, right. like, good <laughs> yes. luck, you know, I mean, that's really trying to drink water in a bar. So yeah. that's why I emphasize a lot, like, look at what your home looks like. You know, do you have a separate area for where they do their gaming and for mm. where they do their studying, mm -hmm. you know, and they're sleeping? You know, yeah. it, or, or they just, do they have a cell phone and three other devices next to their bed all the time or next to where right. they're doing their work? Because if mm -hmm. so, good luck, you know, yeah. they're getting the wrong cues, you know? So I, I try to emphasize having a, a zone in the house put aside, kind of like an arcade room where mm -hmm. when it's time for kids to have their high dopamine activities, yeah. they can go into that sort of arcade room uh -huh. and, you know, all the devices will be in there. But the catch right. is that when that hour or whatever is up, or maybe half an hour if they're a little kid, 
the devices stay in there and they leave mm. and mm. they go back into the low dopamine zone yeah the low like dopamine that. zone because so so um that way you know what what happens is um you don't have to rip a device out of a kid's hand you just have to get mm. them to go from one location <laughs> right. to another right right yeah and so then if it like say you don't have a separate place could you just say like you always have to sit like if you're going to be using your game your whatever you have to sit at this table or or something mm -hmm. yeah okay. although although yeah. usually if it's a teenager and you say you have to do something they'll do the opposite so yeah you just have to be you know, kind of work on how you, how you discuss it with them, but that those right, could be right. the rules that you agree on, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and, um, you know, and if you make rules like that, you can also clarify what the uh, sort of natural or logical consequence of, a, of breaking those rules are because they're going yeah. to, you know, right, so, right. um, yeah. So like if, for um, example, if they stay in the, in the high dopamine room for longer than they're supposed to, you could agree on something like, okay, you were in there five minutes too long. Um, so you lose three times five, which is 15 mm -hmm. minutes off the next mm -hmm. block in there. And then you don't need Sweet. a power struggle, you know? Yeah. Right. But you could even right. reward them for getting off on their own in time, just mm -hmm. not with extra screen time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get half an hour more. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, that's a system that's worked for a lot of my parents. And would you say in general, kids are open to talking with their parents about their screen use and in screen use behavior and, um, and kind of discussing what it's like for them? Well, it depends on the kid, you know, and it mm -hmm. depends on their age. And, um, you know, I mean, for so so that's a complicated question. You know, if you have a kid who's like really addicted to screens and, and can and really struggling with it, they may be yeah. in denial, which, and, yeah. and so they maybe get very defensive when parents try to talk to them about it. But right. then at the same time, there's, there's like, it's a normal teenage thing to not want to discuss everything with your parents and not necessarily right. want to share our, all your feelings with them, especially when you're in that early teenage, those early teenage years, like 12, 13, because you're trying to like sort out your, your uh, identity among your peers and you're trying to sort right. of, push it, cast aside the previous generation and join mm -hmm. your, your peers. So, um, you know, so, so I, I don't think parents should take it too personally if their kids don't want to talk about it, but you know, kids do like when their parents, uh, uh care about what they're interested in, you know, and yeah. if you, um, uh, you know, can validate that they really enjoy their games and that they really enjoy their computer and that they're not, you know, that it, that it can be really tough for them to stop. Um, you know, uh, uh, what you don't want to do as a parent is be like, I just, you know, you don't want to say to your kid, like, um, like that, you know, I don't understand why that's mm. even fun for you. That's, you know, that's not important. You shouldn't be doing, cause to them, it's yeah. very important. You know, yeah, it's, right. uh, to them, it's, it, you know, it, 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 it's, um, it may be how they're socializing. It may be how, um, uh, uh I mean, they may care a lot about how, a lot more about how well they do in a video game than other things. And, you know, you, yeah. you may not agree with that, but you got to meet them where they are. Good luck reaching mm -hmm. them, you know? Yeah. 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 You can't reach them unless you validate them. Yeah. Yeah. And validating a behavior is not the same as enabling it. You know, that, I think yeah. that's important for parents. Oh, to learn. Yeah. Just because you're acknowledging that a kid loves their video game or that they're really upset about having to stop playing it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
rather than pretending they're not upset, you know, yeah. that that's not the same thing as saying, oh, you can have all the games you want, you know? Oh, and, yeah. That's such an important point to remember. Yeah. You can set um, limits, but then validate how, you know, the effect it's having on them. Yeah. Trying to abide by those limits. Right. And then also, I imagine sharing your own experience with um, having challenges regulating your own screen use and, you know, sharing, yeah, like I, I get that because I feel that yeah. way about whatever. And sure. so, so for parents, those, those cues for the kids can also be the parents' behavior and just being That's right. a, a good role model, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, kids are much more likely to do what we do than what we say. So, yeah. you know, I, I think the most effective way to really influence our kids uh, being self-regulated and balanced is to be that way ourselves and to work yeah. on that ourselves as parents mm -hmm. and actually mm -hmm. model that behavior, you know, and maybe even like let, let your child know, look, I, you know, I, I set a timer and I stopped when the timer mm -hmm. went off and it wasn't easy for me to do. I want to keep doing it, but I have mm -hmm. to get back to work, you know? Um, so, um, you know, you're, you're, yeah, you're basic, you're being a good influence on that type of behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just thinking about my own house and how, how we do things. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really hard. You're right. They do they the the makers of all these things every website every yeah. every social media app every game they make it so you want it they, you want yeah, it bad they sure so do it's hard yeah. yeah even if you're just reading the news you just pull down That's and then right. you got a whole new news article to read yeah well there's endless scrolling it's all yeah. you know it's all sort of designed and coded the way they know will get people to stay on the longest yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. so, you know, and even, they even have AI that does that. So, and, you know, and they understand like the basic psychological con concepts of things like gambling that, yeah. you know, if you, um, if you give people a different reward every time and sometimes no reward at all, uh, it's whatever, whatever it is, they're going to do a lot more of than if you just yeah. reward them the same way each time. So that's called wow. variable ratio reinforcement. Wow. And that's why, yeah. you know, when you're scrolling down, you know, sometimes it's like, for example, you may think, okay, well, this AI isn't very good because they keep showing me things in my feed that I'm not interested in at all. Right. And um, occasionally I'll like one and I'll click on it, you know, yeah. um, or occasionally I'll find something that's interesting. You know, but I have to keep scrolling and scrolling until I actually find something until I like. It. Well, guess what? Yeah. That's what they want. They don't yeah. want you to like everything. Right. You know? I mean, for one thing, they can't get any information about you if you like everything. But for another mm. thing, you know, that um, it's not as addictive if you like everything. Yeah, you know, it's actually so more addictive if you're disappointed sometimes. And if there's like, maybe I'll like the next one better. Right. That's, that, that's <gasps> why you see people in, in the casinos just pulling those levers over yeah. and over again on the slot Right, machines. it's that same yeah. action. Right. <laughs> uh, just like mice. <laughs> and, and just like <laughs> yeah, we're all just a bunch of mice. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't those, don't the makers of, like the people that, that apply that psychology, don't they have some, gosh, some guilt or some like, yeah. oh, they have yeah. to be... 
it's, oh, it's hard. It. Ethics and money don't always go. Yeah, together, but, no. You know. Yeah. But look, I mean, that's the world we're in. You know, I mean, yeah, I can, I have very little control over the tech industry. I, I have yeah. a lot more say. I think in, you know, what messages I can send to parents and kids about the way to cope with this type of, you yeah. know, just how to play the cards we're dealt the best. You know, and right, how to right. how to really. Um, you know, maybe that, that was a bad analogy, but, uh, but, <laughs> yeah, but bringing us back to yeah, bringing us back to gambling. But um, yeah, I mean, just how to how to deal with this challenge that we're always faced with. You know, I mean, there's there's always uh, there's always uh, struggles and challenges for for humans to survive, and this is the one we have right now. This is the one know? we have right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah no more saber toothed tigers. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's good. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, I guess we're doing a little better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what do you th like? What about are there any trends or um, things, you know, speaking of now that it's just it is just part of life. Is there anything that's really important for people to know about about this? Like, is there any additional message that you would like to share with our listeners? Well, um a lot of parents ask me about uh, parental control software. Uh, I, again, I think if you have the boundaries clear on things like, a, you know, low dopamine and high dopamine areas, um, you don't need as much of that. Mm. You know, I, I like direct parental engagement. I think that's yeah. a good, healthy thing. And I think sometimes parents rely too much on computers to do it for them. Mm. And so like parental control software and things like that. So it goes beyond just the fact that kids can hack around it, that I, that I, you know, tell parents to not completely rely on parental control software, mm -hmm. um, that it's, it's important to have clear rules laid out and consequences and to be able to interact with your kids concerning those consequences. Um, right. without having major power struggles and being able to mm -hmm. really, um, again, try to meet them where they are, but also, yeah. you know, set some limits and, um, you know, and find a balance as a parent between setting limits and um, uh, allowing your kids to self-regulate and, and, and um, uh, not to micromanage them too much um, and let them learn from their own natural consequences. Yeah. And, and, and if you don't provide them the opportunities to do that when they do go off to college or or go move out of the house and move on to their own, then they're not going to have any um, experience to draw from or resource exactly. to draw from. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and and it is difficult because there are so many. Um, resources out there and a lot of parents, not resources, but a lot of those parental control apps or programs. Yeah, that's um, right. And also they, maybe their friends are using them. Um, that's and so right. you feel like, oh, like maybe I should use this yeah. for my kid. And it's harder to just like rely yeah. on your own, your yeah. own relationship with your child. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, and even if other parents are using them, um, they may be uh, like, we don't know exactly how they're using them. Yeah, you know, so right. um, yeah. if you, even if you get the software, you, you know, 
it's and and you find that it helps for some things you don't want it's just that you don't want to depend on it too much you know you yeah. don't want to over rely mm-hmm. on it mm-hmm. um yeah. like i for example i think that like screen time the screen time app on iphones for example is a good way to just track what your kids are doing online mm-hmm. like it mm-hmm. tells you what apps they're on but it also tells you how much time they were on their phone mm-hmm. yeah um you know to some extent uh and um you know sometimes it can misread things but uh but the point is that it's a, it's a good way to just have feedback on what your kids are doing um yeah. but it's not doing the policing for you it's not right like cutting it's just them giving off you the information and, yeah it's just yeah. giving you the information mm-hmm. so it helps mm-hmm. you monitor as a parent and yeah. that's pretty useful um mm-hmm. you know if you don't want to be looking over their shoulder all the time but yeah. at the same time, I think sometimes it's good to like actually go in the room where they're studying and make sure they're yeah. not what on a doing? video game. <laughs> yeah, know? right. I mean, if every time yeah. you go in while they're doing homework, they're like minimizing, uh, yeah. you know, uh, 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 an app, like, you know, something's, you Something, know, the homework's not yeah. getting done. Yeah, yeah. It's also beneficial for the kid to learn how many yeah. hours they're spending on it. Um, yeah. I think that we don't realize how quickly time flies while we're on that. Yeah. Um, I had I had a, right. um, a client who I had, he had never looked at his, he was in college yeah. and he had never looked at his screen time use. Yeah. And so I, I just encouraged him to, and oh my God, I just, my heart broke for him. I'll <laughs> never in my life forget yeah. the way that his face his mm-hmm. jaw just dropped. He had no idea. He wouldn't tell yeah. me the total. Oh, it's called time he, distortion. You know, you yeah. lose all track of real world time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it certainly yeah. happens to me when I play video games, which is why I set a timer, you know, and yeah. I'm always like surprised by how soon it goes off. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I, I'm not really, um, I, I'm not into video games and I'm not, um, I'm, I'm very much a like practical person when yeah. it comes to my phone. Like I'm on it a lot, but it's because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like texting or yeah. um, researching something um but recently i did look at my time totals and i realized my instagram was kind of out of control yeah so i put a time limit on there and it really has helped yeah um but um but that's just me and that's you know that's how i am and i know like for my son it's a lot harder he's and my husband too it's they're just different they're very different from me when they use their phones yeah and social media is a big time suck you know, uh, look, I think that there's two skills that we need to have to be able to um, use our devices in a healthy way. Like we need to be able to delay our gratification, which means we can't be like checking our Instagrams every five minutes, you know, and, and then we need to be able to put on the brakes. Like we need to be able to stop when it's time to stop. You know, when the timer does go off, we have to be Mm -hmm. able to stop and move on and transition. Um, And, those are two skills that we wouldn't really develop at all if we were just abstinent, you know? Right. So it's That's like, right. it's yeah. actually, so I see screen time as an opportunity to work on those skills, mm-hmm. you know? And and um, and so I'll present it to kids as kind of a challenge for them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you you know, if, if they were seeing me for cocaine, they, I wouldn't be saying to them, well, you know, you could try to, um, wait before you use your cocaine and, and stop using in the middle. But right. you you actually have that opportunity with screens, yeah, you know, yeah. to work on those skills. Uh-huh. And they're important Which, skills, not just for screenings. They're important yeah, that's for what life. I was, right. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yep. So um, how can we as 
you know, like me as an executive function coach and other practitioners who might not know about handling um, screen, excessive screen use or screen addiction, how can we support our clients that might be struggling that with that? Right. So there is more education out there now on um, the nature of this problem and also suggestions for how to how to manage it. Um, so you could uh, I have a course, for example, on um, the Ross Center website. Uh, it's um, uh, and it, it provides CE credits for some practitioners. Um, cool. But for others, it, it's if you're not getting the credits and you're just taking the course, it's less expensive. So mm -hmm. um, and it's it's a very inexpensive course to begin with. So um, so you could get the link for that at my website or just go to the Ross Center's website. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, also, I think that um, there's there's a there's um, a lot of good resources. Um, I, I was the technical editor for. Um, uh, overcoming uh, internet addiction for dummies, um, and that <laughs> nice. I, that book came out nice. That was my colleague David Greenfield. So um, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, you know, I think I think uh, clinicians have to just be aware of it and start recognizing it, and they should also know sort of the red flags to look for. Um, mm. And and if they're and if they don't specialize in it, when they see those red flags, they should be able to, you know, maybe refer to somebody who's an expert in that. Um, mm -hmm. so just, you know, know the signs of addiction and, um, you know, I'll, I'll of course look for things like kids, um, uh, uh, you know, mental health professionals know, for example, to screen for suicide, but, but you should screen for, you know, is a kid threatening to kill themselves, particularly when the parents are taking the screen away, uh, you know, um, okay. like, like they're. There, so there's red flags that are more directly related to screen problems, right, you know. Right. And then I guess a related question would be how can, at what point should parents seek help outside of the, you know, tips and, and ideas yeah. that we've already talked about today? Well, parents should be aware of some red flags too, just like clinicians should. And, and then that, yeah. and that's definitely when to go for help. So things like you know, excessive lying about screen use, um, stealing money to, to use screens. And the kids I work with aren't just like using their hacking skills to steal their parents' credit card information on the computer. They're literally going into the wallets and removing uh, the credit cards. Like okay. that's how okay. desperate they are to get on as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, they're, yeah um, so uh, also things like aggression uh, when you try to separate the kid mm -hmm. from their screen. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, just a lot of irritability when they're not on their screen. Um, mm -hmm. you know, a, a lot of, um, a lot of parents, uh, if, if they can't get help immediately and they, they really suspect there's a big problem, they may want to try just, um, having like a, a say a, a three to seven day screen detox. You know, like try going on a camping trip or going oh, on vacation yeah. somewhere and uh -huh. just um, getting your kids disconnected from, mm -hmm. from the but internet. But like a natural for, limitation, not something. Yeah, yeah, yeah with a right. lot of structure in the environment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, you will see, a lot of parents will see huge changes just from really after I'd say the second day. Um, they can start seeing kids, like their personalities completely change. And a lot of those red flags, like seemingly gone, um, which 
doesn't mean that your problem is gone. It probably just proves you have the problem that, you know, right, I mean, because right. as soon as they get their screens back, you know, those, those problems will come back. Mm-hmm. So that's when you have to learn the balance, but starting out with a detox is, a, is often a good approach. Yeah. And I like how you suggested like on, like going camping or something where, so it's not, it's not you as the parent saying yeah, we, we right. can't, it's the nature. Yeah. Nature right, is not right. saying you can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Uh, that's great. Is there anything else you'd um, <clears throat> like to share with our listeners that is important? Well, um, just uh, emphasize that, that um, like what you said at the beginning, that there's a, um, a lot of uh, more information they can get on my website. Uh, so cliffordsussmanmd.com. Yeah, you have to check out. I'll put the link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, Cliff's website is just packed full of really, really like useful, actionable <laughs> tips and ideas. And, and I have to say, looking through it, um, made me feel, uh, better about my concerns about my own kids screen use Mm -hmm. and how that there are a lot of like really good things that we can do. And there's a lot of support and information out there. That's good to know. Yeah. 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 We need more though. We're, we're going to, and we're going to work on that. We're going to work on getting a lot more support for parents struggling with this and, you know, cause, cause, uh, more and more of us are becoming aware of how huge a crisis this is and we're not ignoring the elephant in the room, you know? Right. Yeah. It is time to tackle that elephant and to really, yeah, take control. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It was really interesting and, um, and there is some hope in there as, you know, as, as we were saying, we are really surrounded by it and it is really difficult to, um, like you said, you can't practice abstinence. It's just not possible, but there are a lot of really great strategies that, um, and also opportunities to learn and opportunities to connect with your kids, which are never not a good use of your time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, thanks again for joining me and, um, yes, listeners, please check out the show notes because, um, you'll, you'll just be really glad to see all this information there. All right. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> and that's our show for today. You can now get back to what you were doing before I so rudely called you out on it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You can do whatever you want. And I sure won't judge you for it because I am over here trying to find my own screen use balance. But if you've got the time, be sure to check out those show notes for links to learn more about Dr. Sussman and the excellent work he's doing. If you're a provider of support for people who may be dealing with screen addiction, I recommend taking a look at his training materials. There are some excellent resources in there. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. Help us help others learn about executive function skills. Please share our podcast with your colleagues, your family, and your friends. You can subscribe to Focus Forward on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us a boost by giving us a five-star rating. Sign up for our newsletter at beyondbooksmart.com slash podcast, and we'll let you know when new episodes drop, and we'll share information related to the topic. Thanks for listening.